How do you repair a hole in a wall? Hi everyone, there's another edition of Partners in Marriage. I'm your host, John Godbolt, and as always, it's a privilege to be able to come your way and share with you some of the great things that we feel would help a marriage and a home. Hey, like I told you before, coming up real soon, get ready, we're going to talk about dating. Some of you are maybe going through a different place in your life now, starting over, and you might need to know what's out there and how to approach it at your age, your time, your schedule, your whatever. And we're going to offer you some of the ways that we feel would help you. We call them the five whys. Hold on. It's coming. We're working on it right now. As a matter of fact, when we finish giving you parts and pieces of it, you'll be able to take it right there, order it, put it in your life, and make it a checklist on the things you're looking for. Hey, walls. Well, wounds create walls. And sometimes we're trying to repair a wall that has wounds in it because we've been hurt by someone. Well, how do you repair a wall? Some people say, well, it depends on how big the hole is. Some things you need to just tear all the way down. Well, I'm talking about what happens when you've been wounded in a conversation or situation with your spouse. And it's not easy. Building a marriage, building a successful family, creating the kind of environment that is healthy takes more work than letting it go. We might as well face that fact. It takes a lot of work. And being married, it's kind of like this. I hate to say it this way, but just like every person who becomes a mother or a father is not really supposed to be or ready to be a mother or a father. And lots of people who have had some of the prettiest wedding ceremonies I've ever seen does not mean that they're ready to be a wife or a husband, let alone a parent. But what makes us ready for it? How, how do we deal with it in a society that has so little regard now for wholesomeness, for biblical principles, for what God has said a marriage is supposed to be? How do we handle that? Great question. Well, first of all, you've got to know that you've got to create the kind of challenge that you want. If you want happiness and you want joy in your home and you're sick of disappointment and bitterness and anger, then you've got to change the situation in a way that those kind of things are not going to be prominent in your relationship. You create the kind of challenge that you want. Now, first and foremost, you guys heard me say this before. If you ever followed us on our web page, on our partners in marriage conversations, been with us in any kind of assembly, ceremony, seminar, whatever, I always say this, the first person you've got to deal with is the one you see in the mirror, not the one in the window, not the one in the, <laughs> through the glass, it's the one in the mirror. You've got to deal with you. If there's something in you that's uh, easily frustrated, if there's something in you that you're not merciful, you don't feel inspired, you are painful, every situation is painful, then get away. Find some time alone with God and deal with that, okay? Get some counseling on your own. Get some help on your own. And don't waste time. I mean, really, get, get to the point where you're busy doing this. You see, divorce is so easy to do. It is easy to get into divorce. And that's why we, we don't want to do that. We're not taking the easy exit. We're going to fight for our marriages. We're going to fight for our homes and for 
our children. And what you want to do in any conversation is soften the heart. How do you do that? Well, first of all, both of you in this conversation have to make sure that you really want the marriage to work. And you have to talk about your love. What do you have in common? Talk about the things you got in common. Why did you marry each other in the first place? And if some of those reasons are you had to do it because of some other issue, then get those issues straight. Get counseling, professional help. That, I don't know why people run away from it like it's taboo. It's one of the best things you can do. Now, if you want to break down barriers, you got to use positive affirmations. These, these are the kinds of words that people don't mind hearing. They're, they don't let you build up in a kind of wall of defense or I'll get your back conversation, tit for tat, eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth mentality. Use positive affirmations when you talk to each other. When you're talking to your partner or even your children, let them know that when they've done something good, say it. When you appreciate something about their lives, say it. Let them know that you appreciate it and that you're not trying to no, no, tell them what you want to do. Don't worry about the not. Tell them what you want to do. I want this home to be a, a place that you want to come to. <laughs> I was looking at something the other day about children and how many times our children don't feel like uh, they're welcome in their own home because when they see they come in from the school or come in from someplace, the look on the parent's face is as if, hmm, what are you doing here? And sometimes it's uh, husband and wives. The look on the face is not uh, the kind of look that says, I'm inviting you to come in. So those are not affirmational looks, positive affirmation that is. The body language, the eyebrows being lifted, smile on the face, or at least a pleasant face. You may not have to smile like the cat who swallowed the canary, but you want to let them know that you love them and you want them to feel comfortable. Next, after using positive affirmations and you're telling them uh, how much you care about them and what you want to see happen here, you want to use I statements and not you. Point your thumbs back at yourself, not your index fingers at your spouse or your children. Tell them how you feel and what you want and, and why you feel this way. And then allow them to be able to speak back to you from their I feelings. And keep it what I want to happen, what I'm feeling here, a need. And when you say so-and-so, I feel this way. Deal with that. And then when things, if things get a little heat, heated, and they probably will, we might as well face that, sometimes things get heated. You've got to agree to take a time out. You've got to agree to say, okay, we're going to only talk about this for a few more minutes, or I think it's time for us to take a break. And we'll come back to this. Give us about, give me about 10 minutes or give me a few minutes or let's come back this afternoon. Whatever you need to do, get that agreement to say time out. Because when people are emotional, when we get emotional, we cannot be logical. That's nothing new. But sometimes you have to repeat the same information so that the people listening to you will know, hey, I heard that before, but this time I'm listening. I got it. It didn't go in. And, and out, it is really coming in and staying there. I get it. And see, and when you're faced with a difference of opinion, and that's going to happen, there's no way 
two human beings who come from different environments raising or being raised are going to have the same opinion on everything. My wife and I are coming up on 50 years of marriage and we've, we've dis disagreed on ways to handle different things all through our marriage, but we agreed to disagree, uh, respecting each other's opinion on how things go. And then using a scale really helps sometimes. When you are talking about something on, on the value, how, how important is this to, to you? On a scale from one to 10, 10 being extremely important. Or where's our marriage on a scale from one to 10? What do you call it? Or how do you feel about being here or buying that or living here or doing that on a scale from one to 10? Give them something that, and then ask, okay, why? Why do you feel that way? Okay, what can we do to move it in, the, in a more positive direction? So you see, conversation is going to help you deal with this. I, we do this on the regular. I, I don't know how many times throughout the year, counseling and when we're counseling people, some of them, be, most of them before they get married, and they tend to be sweet and kind, and you see a little things coming up, but they don't really deal with it until they have some, bump in the road in the marriage and then they come back with a whole lot of you 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 and i'm saying did you not hear what we said in the beginning okay another thing is good for you keep fun in your marriage you you've got to learn how to have fun in your marriage now if you're always having fun and you're not serious that's another that's a horse of another color that's another conversation for another time but I'm talking about keeping fun and playing in your marriage. Knowing, know your spouse well enough to have a, a fun, some joking with them, some fun times, some activities that you just do for fun. Not because they are going to give you any kind of benefit as far as uh, anything. You just want to be with each other and do something uh, and walking, you know, finding a, a romantic spot. Going back to the place where you first met or jogging, taking a class together, something just fun, making a cake together, anything. Make sure that you can keep some playtime and fun time in your relationship. And then after you had a, a situation uh, that you talked about, you disagreed, you talked about it, then do something together. Try your best to do something together after you had your break, if necessary. Try to do something together so that you can see each other. Don't, and, and stay away from that going to somebody, somebody else's home and going over here doing that. Try to stay together. This is going to help you. Next thing, eliminate these negative words and habits that are around you that, that you don't even recognize as negative. They kill you. They kill the affection of the partner. And you know them because when you finish saying them, it comes back to you. It kind of hits you when you're by yourself. You can hear yourself saying, I didn't have to say it like that. But you don't have the courage to apologize. Those are negative behaviors. You need to get them under control. And you need to apologize. Openly apologize so that you can start breaking the habit. And tell them, I may have to apologize 50 times. But each time I'm doing it, I'm breaking it. I want to get through it, and I need you to help me walk through this. Any negative things. Okay, and then never be afraid of change. 
Okay. If your partner wants to talk about something and ask you, would you start doing this? Would you stop doing that? Can we work on this? Deal with the change. You're not going to die if it's some change that is reasonable. And when we talk about reasonable, uh, we're not talking anything that's outside of you letting your standards of integrity and character down or your stand, your stand with God, your belief in Jesus Christ. You can find some place of agreement on some of these areas. Guys, it's great. We're going to talk more about it. We're going to talk about tearing down walls that have, that have been built because of wounds. Instead of building those walls, remember, we're going to build uh, stepping stones to climb over those things. And remember, marriage is a love journey, not a destination. Take care.